Hello, and a very warm welcome to Classic 15, the podcast home of top tips for young and emerging classical artists. I'm Jack Pepper, I'm a composer and radio presenter, and for the next 15 minutes we are sitting down for a bite-sized rehearsal break chat with a star of classical music. We're going to find out how to make a career in the classical world. Today we are meeting the 29-year-old violinist Esther Yu. She began playing the violin aged four. She made her concerto debut at eight and became the youngest prize winner of the prestigious International Sibelius Violin Competition aged just 16. She regularly performs alongside leading ensembles and conductors around the world, including the Philharmonic Orchestras of Los Angeles, Liverpool and Seoul. Well, when we caught up on a video call, I began by asking Esther how she'd describe her relationship with the violin. I would say it's a very deep friendship, first of all, and a partnership. And I think it's a continuously evolving relationship, much like human relationships. Um, I think I noticed this a lot um, during the past few years um, when um, many of us couldn't travel and perform and we were kind of stuck at home. And during that time, um, there were many instances where it was really just me and my violin and um, situations where I couldn't see other people or go outside even. Um, it was just me and my violin and kind of that also shifted the relationship, I think, where the violin wasn't just something that I needed in order to go on stage or to perform in professional contexts, but it really became, um, I feel like it deepened the friendship where it's the only um, only thing or only, I, I think of it as, as a live object in a sense um, that I could interact with and express myself through. And I feel like we connected even deeper, if that makes sense. <laughs> and am I right to think you mentioned the lockdown? Am I right to think you had a period away from the violin within that time yes. as well? Just yes. tell us about that, because like friends, sort of drifting closer and apart at times. Tell us about perhaps when you didn't play the violin. Yes. So um Early on in the pandemic, where really everything just came to a halt, um, I did not pick up the violin, I think, for for a few months, actually, if I'm very honest. I think I needed that time to understand who I was away from the instrument, because I started playing the violin at the age of four. And... Um, you know, gradually as the years went by, I became more and more serious about violin and studying music and eventually pursuing it um, professionally. And just over the years, the time I spent with the violin and starting at such a young age, it was such a big part of my identity. And so I think at this adult stage of my life, I needed to know who I am if I'm not the violinist, like who am I away from music, away from my career, all of these aspects. And so I think that was a really valuable time for me to discover that and obviously totally unexpected. And I don't think I even felt a certain need for that prior to the pandemic, but it was kind of a, a blessing uh, in disguise, I guess, that I had that opportunity 
And of course, coming back to the violin afterwards, I had this huge desire to to play and a new motivation and energy and just different emotions coming through um, after this personal journey as well. And was that the longest period you'd had away from the violin since the age of four? To have had a yeah. few months away, that was the longest time away. Definitely. So did, was there fear as well as as a desire to go back to it? Was there a fear that you wouldn't be able to rekindle the magic? Was there any kind of fear at all? I don't think there was fear about losing the spirit because that was not my issue. It wasn't that I didn't have the passion anymore. Um, it was really just about discovering a side of myself, I guess. Um, so I wasn't afraid about losing the inspiration. But of course, we're all a little anxious, right, about how will it feel just to grab the instrument and to be able to play and I remember the first time I held and started to play again after the break and everything felt so new, but also so fresh and just so fun to, it was kind of like rediscovering what is it to play <laughs> the violin? How does it feel? And being able to appreciate all of the little sensations that when we pick up the instrument on a daily basis, we start to take for granted. And so that rediscovery was really special, I have to say. So does a, an instrument, it's interesting you sort of speak about definition, you use that phrase sort of how you define yourself and in relation to the instrument, but also away from it. Does an instrument define you? I'm sure it's different per person. Um, for me, I think just because it's something that I started so young and have been doing continuously throughout the years of development, especially childhood, teenage years. That's so crucial to shaping a person. And because the violin and music was such a big part of my life always. Um, and of course, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like I, I think that's a wonderful aspect and I really wouldn't have it any other way. But I think because of all that, it becomes such a close part of me. And because as musicians, we often spend so much time with our instruments, with music. And if we pursue it professionally, it's, you know, it's our home life. It's our professional life. It can be part of our social life, too. It kind of can be in every aspect if, uh, of our life if we want it to be. Uh, which is very different from other jobs, uh, I think. So for me, I really valued having a bit of separation uh, from that, yes. And also in the pandemic, you created your Artist Confidential series on your YouTube channel, you in conversation with, with other high-profile artists, Yo-Yo Ma, Julia Bullock, uh, to name just a few. Uh, what would you say are the biggest challenges faced by classical musicians yourself and other musicians that you work with the sort of common themes that come up in you know rehearsal break coffees that you've had or conversations that you've you've encountered what are the most common challenges faced by classical musicians today you know i wouldn't say that this is the biggest challenge but i um one thing i do notice is that the conversation that happens among artists or among musicians versus what we see in the media or what we are asked in interviews is 
quite different. <laughs> um, I feel like sometimes interviews, um, when I get interviewed, for example, it's generally focusing on uh, a project or an album or an upcoming concert or something like that. And it's, let's say, more surface level, whereas conversations among musicians gets much deeper than that. And of course, you know, it's nice to discuss what are the upcoming projects, but I think the connection between musicians and being able to share experiences and challenges and helping each other go through any difficulties one might be going through or questions that one might have. I feel like when I was a student, I often felt like I have so many questions and not enough people around me to answer them because music teachers often focus on the practical aspects of playing and the music itself. But there are so many other things like the mental preparation or the physical well-being or just <laughs> the overall, you know, human aspects of, of what it takes to do um, what we do and to eventually get on stage and perform. And so to be able to share those kinds of stories with fellow musicians. And one of the reasons why I created Artist Confidential is during the pandemic, um, the conversations I had with fellow musician colleagues were very deep and more intimate, I would say, because we were all going through a, a challenging time. And I got to think about the younger musicians, people younger than us, students who are having an even more challenging time than established um, musicians and artists, how many of them were feeling stuck and alone and not even able to go to school and connect with their friends and their teachers. And I wanted to kind of open um, the range of conversation. And I'm very grateful to the artists that I had on the program and um, how willing they were to share their experiences, the good and the bad, and just be really truthful on the show. So what are the things that you do personally to look after yourself? You speak about the mental and the physical preparation. If we're looking at your well-being, are there things that you do, Esther, daily, weekly, that really help you? Yes, I think number one is just to be really in touch with yourself, first of all, to have the awareness. And I think that takes time to cultivate, to really hear yourself. Like, what is my mind telling me? What is my body telling me? What do I as a human being need at this moment? Sometimes it's, I need more sleep. I need more food. I need to go out for a walk. <laughs> you know, it's very basic needs, actually, which when they're not fulfilled, can leave you feeling really down or tired or anxious or, you know, all of these, these emotions that will block you from having the best, most open performance capabilities. And so I think for me now, when I'm, especially when I'm traveling and performing, I just try to really hear, hear myself, like, what, what do I need? Do I do I, sometimes I will choose sleep over practice because I know that if I sleep the amount I need to, then actually 
80% of the issues I think I'm having will be resolved. <laughs> so, you know, it's actually very um, basic elements like like that. That must take time, though, to get used to that, because it takes a certain level of confidence to tell yourself it's OK. There's an element of guilt, I think. And I, I certainly have, have found mm. that as a composer, that sense of, oh, I should be writing or I ought to be writing when actually that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be writing the best music if you're forcing yourself to go through the motions. How how has your understanding of yourself changed then over time? Are there th you, you presumably didn't know that when you were starting out at four, did you? <laughs> No, definitely not. And I also would spend many nights, you know, all nighters trying to get certain things done or feeling like, oh, if I don't do this, I won't be prepared or um, other people will judge me or, you know, uh, emotions like that, which, like I said, it takes a lot of time and experience to cultivate. And I think over the pandemic, I've just given myself more chances to be kinder to myself and of course to still be professional and to honor commitments but to also give myself more space and to appreciate the enjoyment of doing what I do I feel like you know, you're not going to be really happy or thrilled to be pulling all-nighters and to be stressed about um, about what you're doing and your um, quote-unquote work. I think it's such a blessing to to do what we do and to create music and to share that with people. And I think the moment we start to stress about it too much and it becomes a job and, you know, that that takes out such an essential element of art and, and music making. So what would be your nugget of wisdom then, your top tip for a young or emerging artist listening now, the sort of most important thing to keep in mind in the next few days, in the next few weeks, that priority to keep in mind? I think it's very important for everyone to remember why it is they do what they do. Like I said, when we have a routine of practicing every day or going to school every day or performing regularly, it so easily becomes that a routine. And we can very easily forget, you know, the essence, the spirit, the joy, how lucky we are to 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 do this. And I think to always go back to, you know, why why am I doing this? Um, how do I want to feel? when I am making music, what a privilege that is, and to always keep that that spirit uh, alive. SDU, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And big thanks to you for joining us for this episode of Classic 15. All in the series can be found on the usual podcast platforms and online at classic.com. There, you'll also find all of Classic's latest news, their online concert series, and video on demand. And whilst you're online, do check out Classic's social media as well. All the very latest at Classic Music. Thanks so much for your company, and until the next time, enjoy the music.